One of life's greatest questions is, what happens to us after we die? Is death the end or a new beginning? Welcome to the Round Trip Death Podcast. In this show, we listen to first-hand accounts of people who have gone beyond the veil and return to talk about it. We are thrilled to have on the show with us today, Bill Letson from beautiful Atascadero, California. Bill, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good. How's Atascadero today? Uh, uh, it's beautiful. It's probably coming up on 90. And uh, yeah, we're supposed to get some work days in. We got some stuff to do with the chickens. So we're hoping it'll cool off. Okay. Well, people are going to be listening to this current and in all times of the year. So just to let people know, we're in October here in the United States and headed towards winter, although it doesn't get all that wintry out in that part of California. Anyway, Bill, tell us just a little bit about you. What did you do for a living and and where do you come from? Uh, I come from here, pretty much central coast of California. I grew up in a little town nearby and um, went to school, Cal Poly, got a degree in forestry, worked for the U.S. Forest Service for about 10 years. Did everything there, helicopters, hella shots, backcountry ranger, all that, and um, moved on to the Santa Barbara County Fire Department. And I worked there for 25 years, retired as a captain, and I, I did everything there, um, backcountry rescue, help, uh, medevac and hazmat, uh, high rise, the whole thing. It was a wonderful, wonderful career. I'll bet you have hundreds of stories you could tell. That, that's for another podcast. Right. So, uh, yeah, so we, uh, my wife, Leah, and I, we live here in Atascadero, and um, it's paradise. So, yeah, I had a near-death experience in 94 and uh, while working for the fire department down in Santa Barbara. And I guess that's we'll, we'll go into that next. Huh? Yeah, let's go back to that now. Um, so, 1994, you were out fighting a fire. And why don't you lead up to what happened? What was going on that day that led to this? Um, well, the, that, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the whole thing for that, a week going up, leading up to this event. Um, I kept getting this like whispering in my ear, uh, this, just this really strong intuitive thing saying you need to be ready for change. Um, it's not a bad thing. It wasn't a foreboding message just to change. Um, and so I got ready, you know, I, I took the dogs for long walks and took my wife to dinner and was extra, um, good to my nieces, took them out to, to, uh, the movies and was very sentimental about my life. And that led right up to this, um, event that, uh, you know, I was on duty at the end of that week and we went to a severely ill patient. There was a strong flu going around Santa Barbara and I was on a paramedic engine. Um, there's four of us on that engine, I think. And we got into this patient's room and it was all, you know, the windows were all shut and she was really ill. And I had to climb across her to get a nasal cannula on her um, nose for oxygen. She was, she was circling the drain. And just as I climbed across the bed, she exhaled right into my face and I, in, I was inhaling and I felt it go in. And um, anyway, I got what she got. And um, at the time there was a, uh, this was a flu epidemic and all the emergency rooms were, you know, inundated in, um, 
uh, in the Santa Barbara area, Santa Barbara County area. And about two days later, I, I mean, I got really ill really fast. And it was kind of shocking uh, that my blood pressure just dropped out by the second day. And my guys came and I called my one of my nieces. She was five years old. I, and I could hardly speak. I was just like a whisper. And I couldn't get a um, radio pulse down by your thumb. So I knew my pressure was below 80. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, you're not going to be conscious much longer when you're dropping like that. So she called, she called 911 and the uh, ambulance came and my, my fire medic guys uh, from station 22, they came and took care of me. I got two high flow IVs in route and I got some more at this, at the uh, emergency room. And then some things went wrong. There was some stuff prescribed that it reacted to. And um, I got, I just got floored there in the ER. Uh, I was getting up to get dressed and they came in and pushed some meds and it was sort of these standard orders. They were pushing these meds on everybody at the same time. Cause there were so many people in the room, you know, uh, in the emergency room and the nurse just came in and just delivered it. You know, normally they count those things down, um, you know, with like over two minutes or something and ease it in. And so it was like a morphine thing. And I was already challenged, you know, and my system just phasodilated. And I, I didn't really have a blood pressure after that. My wife said I just dropped. And I, they uh, worked on me for a while. They Narcan me a couple times to try to, to uh, kill the results, you know, kill the effects of the morphine. And um, they started the high, uh, high flow IVs and the Trendelenburg, you know, the head low thing. And put me, I ended up uh, up in um, intensive care and I was up there. I was out for the whole night. I went in about three or four and I was out the whole night. And I woke at some point during that night, midnight or one, I left my body. All right, let's not get too far ahead. I have a kind of a medical question. I'm not a doctor or anything, but did I hear you right? For, you had a really severe flu and they gave you morphine for it. Is that normal? Yeah, they gave me a synthetic uh, morphine called Nubane, and um, and they gave me an anti um, anti nausea thing, and they, it was just they they were trying to stay ahead of the flow of people that were coming in with this flu, I think. So yeah, the the doctor's orders were just across the board. Everyone that's in these rooms, give them these two things. Huh. And I and when she came in, I said, you know what, I'm feeling way better. I'm just getting dressed. And she's like, no doctor's orders. And, you know, I was a good soldier, I was a fireman. So I said, all right. And I, my wife said it was hilarious. Your eyes just rolled back and you fell like a stone. And uh, so, yeah, I was, like I said, I was, I came in there on my knees and it didn't take much to knock me out. Wow. Okay. So what was the final blow that really knocked you out? The, the final blow that, um, it had to be that new bane because that's, you know, that's going to um, relax the system and phasodilate all your vessels. In other words, I had, I had, a, I had the vest, the, the fluid that was in my body already was minimal. And that's why I was having problems. And then they just took the system and stretched it open. So whatever perfusion I was getting dropped out, you know, further. So yeah, it was, uh, they were saying that, um, 40 over zero were the blood pressures I was getting. And 
afterwards, you know, I was a big triathlete. I, I did Ironmans and uh, I was constantly, you know, these guys are weirdos. They're constantly exercising, cycling, and um, you got them in your area. Um, cycling and swimming and running every day. They're fit, fitting these workouts in. And they said your system was so tuned that it, you know, it was, it was able to withstand this shock. Wow. And your wife was in the room with you? Yeah, she was in the room. She started taking notes immediately. And I, I was like, I can't believe you got the time. She goes, they came in at, you know, 340 with the first Narcan. They came back with uh, 345 with another Narcan. You know, Narcan, that's a powerful drug. It goes in and it absolutely gobbles up the opiates. You know, as a fireman, as a, you know, respond to an overdose, we'll go into a lifeless heroin addict and push Narcan and they're instantly awake. They're instantly on their feet swinging at us. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's powerful. So did you actually flatline or did you just go unconscious and have an out of body experience that way? Yeah, I went unconscious. There's no record of me uh, flatlining in uh, um, intensive care or bringing in a defibrillator or making doing some kind of steps. I just uh, I I got to the point where, um, you know, the spirit said this body is not supporting this, uh, you know, my mission any longer, and that's, you know, you can I've talked about this before. You can do those things with. Um, like this uh, ecstatic dance, you know, and uh, things like um, vision quest where you don't eat for several days and you sit in the forest. Uh, this is what the native Americans are doing, stressing their body to the point where they have an experience. Um, and mine sort of happened like that. Right. All right. So what happened? How did you know you left your body and what happened? Well, I was uh, all of a sudden, I mean, all, all I remember is, you know, I was in the emergency room uh, getting ready to go home. And then the next thing I I knew, uh, Conscious Bill knew, was uh, I was this huge expanded cloud. I was this huge expanded balloon, uh, some sort of huge awareness mass flying through this world of stars. I've called them stars forever. They were these colored balls and they were all around me. And brilliant colors and and I was parading through them and it was like this welcoming uh I just felt so amazing and you know they uh I've, I've told this before that uh that it was like a cosmic some sort of cosmic orgasm I felt euphoric I felt ecstatic um I didn't know a person could feel that good. And a lot of things, I wasn't Bill Letson anymore. And a lot of things about my life that, you know, I cherish and things, they did not matter at all. And I was aware of everything, but it was like I'd been tricked. Like it was some sort of game that I'd been involved in or, or a joke of some sort that I was this dude uh, for a while. And I had, you know, all these challenges and I had this career and this whole story. Um, but it was all like, it was a, like it was a trick. And I was back to, who I really was this hugely expanded being that 
had awareness of everything. There weren't any questions. When you say back to who you really were, are you saying that you had always been, or at least for a long time before coming here into this body on earth, you existed as that thing that you were back as, or, uh, you know what I mean? Because it sounds like a return is what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, I was, the, the biggest thing that kept going through my head was, how in the world did I forget who I really was? This seemed like it was such a major trick that had been played on me that I believed I was this human being, this single, this separate, this, you know, person. And I was so much more. I was this hugely expanded awareness. I was, I was still this, this being, but I was connected to everything. And all those colored stars that were all around me were other beings, I think, like we all are. And they were, they were giving me a pat on the back, saying, good job, you made it, well done. And it was a welcoming home, and it's absolutely euphoric. And the, 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 uh, the French call the human orgasm, they call it la petite mort, which means the little death. And that makes perfect sense, because the feeling I had was way beyond uh, a human, you know, euphoric state of an orgasm it's way beyond that it was a hundred times more exhilarating and I, I think that's um to be honest with you that's i think that's what we what happens to all of us when we transition from this life uh, when we step out of these bodies we return to that absolute euphoria to what we were in other words and and where we were we we're in this we're in this uh Sea of pure love is what, that's what it feels like. You're just a drop in a sea of pure love. Did you have any insights as to where that is, if that's a different place than here? Um, I didn't then, but like I said, I felt this was a joke or a game, but uh, a lot has happened. And I have this Kundalini thing that has progressed over the years. And I see a lot of things. I, you know, if I sit still for just a minute or two now, um, us all around us are grids or webs, or it's like we're in a simulation or a hologram or something. And the, the where that you're asking about is all around us. And we're kind of in this, um, what do they have that in the Star Trek? They have that, uh, they go into oh, that, that, that hologram room. Yeah. The holodeck. Holodeck. Yes. We're in this holodeck. Thing. And it really tests us because we have free will here and we can choose to be self-centered and selfish. This, this is kind of the, you know, the, the cheer these days. Um, but when we decide that others are more important than ourselves, well, we're making some kind of progress. You know, that's, we're going to rally back to that. We, we, we bottomed out at 2012 and there's a new energy coming into the planet. Now, and this is why there are so many people interested in these podcasts. Um, you know, the energy, the shamans will tell you the energy frequency has changed. And we're going to, you know, upturn back to a, a heaven on earth state. And, um, you know, that's starting now. I'm getting emails like crazy from all over the world. And that's what's going on. 
How interesting is that? You also talked about uh, just a second ago about being one with everybody and everything. And other people with these experiences have told me this too, but nobody can explain it to me. Can you explain what that means? Um, it, being one with everything, this is our natural state. That's who we are. We are, we are drops of divine light and we come from a sea of pure love. And what we've done is we've dropped ourselves into the holodeck and we've become a single, a separate, uh, an ego. Uh, and we've been given two brains. The left brain is of the beast that lives here. And the right brain is connected to home. So when you quiet yourself, when you sit in stillness and silence, this is what meditation is, so, is all about. You connect with that right brain because you've turned off all the activity of the beast. The machine's not moving around. You're not thinking about, you know, oh, you got to go pick up the kids or whatever. You're just, you've gotten to this state where you can reconnect with the divine, with where we're from. Yeah, we're, we are these drops of pure light. We are these infinite beings of energetic thought. And we have put ourselves into these forms. We've done it thousands of times. We, the whole thing is set up. The whole thing is scripted. And we drop in here and we've got... In each lifetime, we've got three or four big challenges. If anybody thinks about back at their life, thinks back on their life, they, they know there, there were three or four times when it was close. You know, I was, I, th I think I lost it all for a second there. And, um, you know, did we choose love? Did we choose to proceed um, with love and selflessness? And, you know, we, we grow, our soul grows when we make those higher vibrational cho uh, choices. Okay. Tell me now about the people that you met up there. Okay. So I was flying through this, all these stars, these colored balls of pure joy. And, and, uh, and the whole thing was, you know, I, um, how did I forget who I really was? That was a, a shocker. And I was just, I knew everything. I could see formulas and diagrams. It was just coming by like, super fast. Um, so I'm flying along and I'm saying, this is pretty cool. This, you know, and all of a sudden I landed somewhere and this place was solid. Uh, there was indirect lighting. There were tables and chairs there. There was equipment there and there were beings there in front of me. There were these three short hooded guys and they were smiling from ear to ear and they were bouncing around and, they were joking and I was pretty confused and they were saying things to me like, what can you tell us? What did you learn? How was it? Uh, and I was, and I was looking at them and one of them turned to the other, uh, to, to the other two and they were all kind of bouncing around and giggling. And he said, he doesn't remember us. And they all started laughing uproariously and bouncing around. And uh, I thought, and, 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 you know, I, I do remember something like this as a kid. I'll, I'll, if we have time, we'll go into that. But I do remember these beings when I, went, when I would be at sleep. You know, that magic place between dreaming and waking and sleeping is that's a connection to the divine. And 
I remember these guys in front of me and I couldn't open my eyes. So anyway, there back to the, to this place I was. And, um, and then there was this other guy and he was like this tall wispy guy, like a slim down Gumby or a cactus. And when he came forward, it, it was like, I was looking at a reflection underwater. He kind of sectioned and moved. He had the biggest smile on his face. Eyes were bright. And when he came close to me, my throat tightened and my chest expanded. And I felt like my chest was going to explode. And, and I was going to break into cry, uh, break down crying from love. There was so much love. It was overwhelming to me that uh, coming from this individual. And he was kind of in charge, but um, not really. It seemed to be that these guys were a bunch of uh, disorderly type uh, guys. And he, didn't, he, he wasn't authoritarian about anything. So we, we talked a little bit uh, back and forth. And, and, and I just remember he was smiling and chuckling. He was laughing at everything I had to say. And then I said, well, you know, let, let's get to it, you guys. I'm not going back to that place. And are we going to uh, do a review of my life? And he thought that was the funniest dang thing. He just started chuckling. And his answer was, sure, let's do that. How do you want to start? And uh, I thought this was real, real strange. And I told a few stories. I didn't, I didn't have any real regrets. The only thing, I, I got offered this park service job when my wife and I were in, in college. And she wanted to take it because it was, uh, they're going to fly me out to this island off the coast um and we were going to live in a, a little shack and count foxes and on this island and stuff and that was perfect for her and uh, i got this other forest service job so i i said yeah i, reg I regretted that that I, I didn't do that for her because she would have been in heaven um but so i talked for a while they really weren't listening they uh, it was you know those guys were bouncing around giggling and stuff and um Nobody really was concerned with my gig. And finally, he just goes, all right, that's enough. It's time to go back. And I was like, go back? I'm not going back there. What, are you kidding me? And the three little guys, it was like they were reassigned. They just disappeared off, you know, to another soul coming in or, or something. I don't know. And, um, yeah, this and this place was... Uh, you know, it was said, it looked like it was set up. It was a regular processing place where, uh, where we go and we, we have things done to us or I don't know, but it was, it was like a, it was like a, some sort of a facility. Um, can you describe it any more than that? Do you remember at all what it looked like? Yeah. In that, that, uh, slideshow you saw that it was like, there's, I had this kind of watery picture of, indirect lighting and um you know equipment hanging from the ceiling and equipment on the walls and tables and beds you know like uh hospital beds or gurneys and yeah it was right out of an alien abduction story so yeah i, I that's what I, I i i don't think there's i think all of these things it's a big i'm about to make a big statement I think all of these things is alien induction, abductions, is UFO, ghosts, spirits, all these things. Um, they're all about us and the consciousness 
of us that survives death and you know maybe we we die in a plane crash or something and we're kind of confused and we walk around somebody's neighborhood for a while while we try to figure it out and this is the whole thing you know if you go to a battlefield or or a place where there was a you know horrible uh, catastrophe where a lot of lives are lost um this is where these ghost hunters they'll find these uh beings you know that are confused so yeah i think that's i think that's what this is i think a lot of these things all of these things are they have to do with us and our um consciousness that survives death and survives everything okay is there anything else about the experience when you were there that you remember that you could tell us when he came when he came forward um the tall guy yeah, when the tall wispy guy came forward, it was there was no uh, question uh, I was going back. I could actually feel frequency changing, and the place was starting to um, dematerialize. And then I went back, and you know that's there's a whole other thing. Descending back into this place, you all those all the things that are negative that are low vibrational about us. Things like uh, jealousy and anger and all these um, emotions—they don't go—they don't go with us into the next world. They stay here, and they're learning tools. Um, and we're we're here to, uh, you know, to suffer and to sacrifice until we stop resonating with those frequencies and just say, "I'm not doing this anymore." Uh, um, you know, I I realize who I am. That's what this place is all about. It's like an earth school. The only other thing that I could add to that is when I did uh, feel this descending thing, I had a, a guy ask me a couple of years after this um, event. He said, okay, now that you've told me your story without thinking, who sent you back? Who is it that sent you back? And my answer was, I sent me back. And I said, I have no idea what that means. Uh, and that was at the time, it's 95 or 96. I said, I have no idea what that means, but I sent me back. And I, it, it does kind of fit, you know, with um, what I think is uh, going on here is that we have this, um, you know, we are this, this greater being. And we have these thousands of lives where we come in to lo- into the world and we experience things. And you know, we are those lives, you know, our current personality, this Bill Letson and his resume and his driver's license, all his whole story. You know, we are these temporary lives, these maybe even, you know, crash test dummies that we go through these experiences and we learn from them. And then we transcend this place and we realize it, that I really, I never really existed. And I know that sounds confusing but uh that's where you get to when you um l- listen to the shamans and uh, some of the things um you know the ancients talk about as far as life being an illusion so yeah that's a that's all i could add to that some people are given a choice of whether they want to come back or not you've probably had time to think about this why do you think you didn't get a choice you know he he indicated you have things to do and you have you have things to go through. The reason I was, you know, I was coming up on 40. Now I'm coming up on 70. And 
I've lost friends and family, you know, I've watched uh, parents take their last breath. And, you know, those things are, we all know these things are devastating to us. And we can choose how we're going to process those things. We can always choose. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things that I've experienced and uh, they were supposed to come, you know, in your 60s. And there, you know, I started talking about this a few years ago. And about two years ago, I kind of went into uh, a place where I never thought I'd go. And I started talking about, you know, the bigger picture of what's going on here. This is a uh, an earth stage and it's all very managed by the caretakers that uh, get us through these lives. And I was going to the IONS conference and I put this into my slideshow a couple of years ago. And I said, well, let's just go for it. You know, come what may, this, this might help other people. And when I went outside, I sleep outside on the deck ever since a lot of this happened. And I was looking up at the stars and I'm like, well, this, I think this, this will go pretty good. I got the slides figured out and, and the sky just opened up and there was this huge woman and she was made of gold and she was absolutely stunning, beautiful, perfect. And the, the whole world was shaking and, you know, the, it was unbelievable. Um, and I, I looked into her eyes and I'm, I was, you know, I've gotten to the point where these things don't had a lot of experiences. And I said, I am not going to mess this one up and I'm going to, do my best to find out what's going on here. And I looked into her eyes and uh, she was absolutely stoked. She was absolutely excited. She was, it was like, she was saying right on, dude, thank you. You're the man, you know? And, and she was gesturing towards the sky and arms were f- flying around. And um, all I heard was a roaring, just this roaring sound you know, this, uh, we, we, if you look at things, mythology about the gods, when they come in human contact, it's very powerful uh, experience. And that's what I, that's what I saw. That's what I experienced. It reminded me, you know, I got this background as a firefighter. It reminded me of when a brush fire turns around and, you know, it might outflank you or something. And now you got to, you got to hunker down and let it blow by. And it reminded me of that, it reminded me of the, 80 foot flame um, brush fire roaring around us and we're in a safety zone. The ground is shaking. You can't talk to anybody. And uh, just this roaring freight train going over you uh, of power, natural power. And so to go back to what you were, what you asked originally, I think that some of these things that people like me are doing, they've got that, this thing where it's free will down here. And when somebody steps forward, like you with doing this podcast, when somebody steps forward and furthers a plan for uh, a waking up of the planet, et cetera, you know, the heavens smile, smile down upon us. And sometimes they, they let out a whoop. And that's what I think that was, was a, just a, you did it. You overcame your fear and, you're saying things that scared you before and they're things that we want people to hear. So, yeah, that's one of the things I think I'm, I'm back here to do. So that fe- that big female being that you saw 
from the sky and you talked about a roar and related it to fire. It sounds kind of scary. Was it scary or was it wonderful? It's wonderful. You can't scare me. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was the whole, the, the deck was shaking. The house was shaking. The earth was shaking. And, and you know, it's like you see those biblical paintings with the flowing robes and, you know, the clouds parted and there's this being, you know, uh, father figure looking down at the, 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 that wasn't just an art form. Those were, these are the, this is the real world. And I know we've progressed to this point where we've got an answer for everything, but our answers are, our science answers and our history answers and our religion answers, they're flawed. And uh, it's just, there's really something amazing going on here and we're all part of it. And there's never anything to fear. We, we come from an incredible, incredible place, incredible beings uh, of pure love and everything's perfect. Now, I wish the people that are listening could see you because you have this big smile on your face the whole time you're talking about this. And maybe it would help them feel the joy that I that you seem to be expressing as you as you recount this. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, was I don't know. Was there a, was that a question? No, was, it wasn't a question. It was really a comment for the listeners. And and uh, but if you want to comment on that, you can. But my impression is that you feel a lot of joy in all of this. Oh yeah. Okay, tell me about these three short guys in the in the hooded robes. You said that you had kind of remembered them. Let's, let's go into that a little bit more. Spend some time on that. In this world, you know, our thoughts are driving our lives, our emotions, our feelings. This is what the universe is really about. And we're here to do, to discover that, to come to a realization of that. And then we start to, choose higher vibrations and we we start to vibrate to resonate with this frequency of love literally you know we vibrate out of this place out of these low vibrations of uh anger and um like i said jealousy and there's a whole bunch of low vibrations we don't resonate with them anymore and uh we earn our wings and we lift out of this place um and heaven is all around us. So um, those guys, those hooded guys, I've always felt they were like technicians. And they're sort of keeping us going. Um, maybe changing our mind about things. Uh, keeping us, uh, the avatars here on Earth, keeping us on track to uh, have the adventures that we signed up for. Um, in the uh, in the divine state and if you watch that movie the adjustment bureau that is such a a good movie they and the guys they have these like black some of the guys they have these black helmets and they they black robes and they look it's like they're mimicking these guys that i saw um like they are uh there to do a technical job uh to keep us on point uh on track to have the experiences we're here to have. And they work behind the scenes. 
Graham Hancock wrote a book. It's called Supernatural. And one of the chapters is uh, he talks about these guys and we have names for them throughout history. We call them leprechauns and trolls and elves, um, gnomes. And they, they sort of hang in that place just beyond what we can perceive here. And sometimes they step into the here, um, you know, to upgrade things. And, and this is what the whole uh, alien abduction thing is about. Why we're so convinced that we're, that they're here now in the physical. And the real, reality is we move into a frequency that's just as real as here. And these entities are, are everywhere. Without taking any time to think about it at all, do you have any idea who the tall, wispy guy was? Yeah, I think it, I think it was my higher self. I think it was, you know, we have a physical self. We have a soul, which uh, is a, a depository of all the uh, information from our many lives. And then you move above that and you have a higher self and uh, they get into a, even an oversoul. Um, but the bottom line is we are these huge expanded beings. We don't know about it because we're sort of a play toy um, here in this illusionary world of form. We live our thousands of lives and we, we don't really pick up on these things, but, um, but we are these huge, huge expanded beings and uh, yeah, I think I came face to face with that, with this higher self of me. Um, and it was something in his laugh and when he chuckled, um, I knew that laugh. <laughs> when he was laughing, I could feel it in me. So it was, I don't know. I think it was my higher self. Well, I'm glad that that place you're describing that we're going to go to has smiles and laughter and because if everything was just straight and serious, that'd be more like hell to me. Yeah, it's, uh, see, you know, our minds are, are, are creating everything. And um, the mind is the builder. And it's building our reality. Uh, it, on the other side, it's instantaneous. Um, and on this side, you know, it may take weeks, months, or even a lifetime to create what your mind is thinking about. Yeah, and you mentioned the right brain is our connection with that world. How do we use that? Um, it's it's there all the time. And it's, uh, like I said, I had that whisper in my ear about just before my near-death experience. And we're hearing these things uh, all the time, uh, intuitively. Um, you know, it's our intuition, like a whisper, like a tap on the shoulder, like a nudge in a certain direction to go with, something that feels good. So one of the best ways to, to use that is to scale down the clutter of your life here, you know, unplug and detox and sit quietly in nature and eat fresh unprocessed food that has the energy of the sun of, you know, in it, freshly picked greens and fruits and things like that. And, you fill yourself up with that light and you turn off all these distractions, all this, you know, get out in nature. You, you see the picture behind me. You get out in the natural world and um, the supernatural world 
just comes rushing into your life. It's incredibly full. That's great. I've really enjoyed this, Bill. Um, do you have any last thoughts, any message that you've come back here to let everybody know? There's a series out there called the pyramid code. And what it says is that um, the ancients, our ancient ancestors, they had a much different world. They lived in a world where it was heaven on earth. And then through the um, procession of the equinox, we descended into the times we are now. And we just turned the corner um, at 2012. That wasn't the end of the world. That was the beginning of a new type of person. Uh, as the Mayans said, uh, a person with more divine energy um, that they'll live their life with. So, yeah, things seem pretty bleak. Just watch the news and stuff uh, or any movie these days. Um, but they aren't. They, they really aren't. And if you can turn back to what the ancients knew and turn back to the natural world, uh, you can find everything you're looking for right here, right now. That's the great deception right now, isn't it? That everything is bleak. Yeah, it's a great deception. And if, and if that's what's in your mind, then I guess it is for you. Yeah. And, and you know, those, those two, those uh, screens that we watch, those are incredibly um, transformative. Uh, whatever comes through that screen, it goes from the left brain and the right brain accepts it without question. Um, because the universe, you know, communicates in pictures. You get visions and things like that. It's always pictures that what I'm seeing. Uh, and so you put the screen of moving pictures in front of you and it tells you a bleak story that becomes your reality. You know, most people think that the right brain is linked with creativity, left brain ad analytical, right brain creative. How does that relate to, um, to this whole link with the spirit world or I forget how you put it through your right brain. Yeah, the right brain's linked to creation. Um, it's right there in the words. The words are never going to lie to us. Uh, creation, creativity, that's music and art and color and dance and flow. Um, this is what we are. We are these flowing life forms. We're alive. That really makes a lot of sense to me that part of who we really are is creators. Right. It's a true statement. That's a big part of who our being really is, isn't it? Yeah. And the, that left brain is uh, the beast that's running around in the hologram. And it, the only thing it wants to do is survive. And, you know, this is a basic animal thing. And our part of our processing is to overcome that left brain, that mind of the beast, which has been 100% in charge your whole life. That's the narrative. Narrator, narrator that you're listening to me 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 to overcome that guy and realize there is no death and that we are all connected it's not some feel-good goomba story it's for real and you live your life in that vibration and um every day is a miracle i think that's a good thought to leave people with we all need a little bit of that if not a lot of that thanks again bill yeah thank you If you have had a round-trip death experience, we would love to hear about it. Send an email to eric at roundtripdeath.com. 
And lastly, if you have found this program uplifting, if it's given you just a little more hope in the future, share it with a friend, hit that follow button, and take a few seconds to write us a review. Until next time, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next. Thank you.